Actually, I'm not going to sing that because we already have a theme song for theme music. Uh, and I'm just going to let that do its work. Um, but I do want to say this, Ryan. We used to have something, I've, I've been listening to our old episodes, okay? Like our real old episodes, our pre-COVID episodes. When oh we were, my God. Yeah, a long time ago. We were fresh-faced youngsters. We didn't know what a pandemic was. We just sat around <laughs> and we were like, hey, you know what's great? The Incredible Hulk movie. And uh, we, you know, we had our whole lives ahead of us. Um, and the in those early days, we had Erin doing our, an intro for us. And she had this this catchphrase that she'd use in the intro that was just so perfect. And I think we need to bring it back, which was, this podcast is inevitable. You know, funny you should say that. First of all, I need to know what episode, did you start from like the beginning, beginning? Like what I episode started, you to? I am going back to Genesis Chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, I, Ryan Joseph White had created the MCU, and it was oh good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Funny enough, last night, I watched the first Iron Man. Hey, there you go. I rewatched. I did what we do. I Infinity rewatched. <laughs> and, oh, man, did it not disappoint. It's so good. And you know what? All the recasting and stuff doesn't bother me because it's, you, think, you think about the story. And what's crazy is, I I was I was thinking about the Incredible Hulk movie because it is really good. It's like it, it should still hold up, in my humble opinion, amongst I know a lot of other Marvel nerds out there are like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not a real fan. And I beg to differ. As I have my Captain America shield right here. <laughs> you can't see it. You can't see it. Even if you're watching the show on YouTube or listening to the podcast, you can't see it. But it's it's literally hanging above my desk, shine letting the sun shine upon it, and it's amazing. And it uh, says anyways. on it, "I am a real fan." Trust me, that's, that's it does. around the edge. It's engraved, and it was vibranium, so like of course I had to use a, like the laser, like a specific laser from Wakanda to engrave it. Hard it was a real, to it was find. A journey. Mm-hmm. It was a journey. It was a journey. But um, but yeah, so I was but I was watching it, and I noticed something in the timeline on Disney Plus. They don't include the Incredible Hulk. I was I was a little like gobstop for a second there. I was like, like where it, where where is it, it? That's funny. I I find it funny that you use the word timeline. Um, uh, I'm Andrew Fantasia, by the way. I don't think I've identified myself yet on this podcast. Hi. Um, uh, it, it's funny that you use the word timeline because I literally just learned today. I was reading something. I think it was about Doctor Strange because it came out on Disney Plus. I didn't know Ryan that Disney Plus has an MCU timeline where it puts them all chronologically, not necessarily in release order, but it puts them chronologically. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Disney Plus did that because I'm a Blu-ray guy and I just kind of used those. Uh, so I've never gone into the the Marvel section of Disney Plus. Uh, so they don't have Hulk in there at all. Huh? No, uh, but this is on the Disney Plus website, which indicates to me that, like, obviously, it's it's part of the timeline. Like uh-huh. in the book, but if you look in the books and stuff, they'll tell you what the, the the timeline is. But it's interesting because as we go further and further, um, as we go further and further with Disney Plus and like and social media and everything, I noticed a lot of social media channels I follow weren't including the Incredible Hulk, and it's like, no, no, no. If I if if we're gonna put up the timeline, here's you need to even though it's not on Disney Plus, you need to include it. 
You need to include it so people know what the order is. I went to a dinner once uh, amongst Isabella's friends. And one of them, and it's exciting. It's exciting for me because I this is how I know Marvel's doing really well is amongst Isabella's friends. Now they aren't hardcore comic book nerds, except for like Anna and and I will I will say Reggie as well. But like there's a handful of them that are like hardcore comic book nerds. But amongst the 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 bigger group, the the more the for the more you know Isabella's friends, the less and less you they're into comic books and stuff like that. Anyways, this one group I was among them. It was it was a place in Guelph. That the one of them asked me, dare I ask, there they asked the question, but they did. I want to start watching the Marvel stuff. Where do I begin? <laughs> and thus begins the epic conversation. And to a point where I hand wrote the list of all the movies they need to watch in order getting to the Disney Plus series. This was pre, uh, this was pre Loki, but it was like, it was getting there. So anyway, so. And I explained to them everything. Did the whole I did the whole <laughs> Infinity rewatch spiel that we've done. I'm like, you should listen to our podcast. And they were just like blown away. They they were blown. I think what blew their minds away because they like again, you don't when you meet people like this, they don't pay attention to the timeline or like they sorry, they don't pay attention to Marvel news or anything like that. So they don't know how these movies work and how integrated the story is. They know that the movies have a continuing story but they don't know how it works and how the movies connect. So that got me really excited. And this is how I know Marvel's doing right. When someone asked me, I want to watch it. How do I watch it? And then it creates this whole thing. And welcome to Infinity Rewatch. And as you know, he is Andrew, Fan Whoop. He is Andrew Fantasia. And I'm Ryan J. Whitehead. And uh, today we're getting back into Miss Marvel episode two. I really hope when that person asks you that question, you pulled out a giant cork board covered in twine uh, that you carry around with you. You could have been at a five-star restaurant somewhere, and you're like, oh, well, if funny, you should ask. Uh, so it's... if you look here, uh, chef, can you just- Back when we used to have bristle your... boards as well. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that person, uh, they asked the right guy that question. Yeah. It, was um, a fun, it was a fun day for me, let me tell you. They, we spent a good, like that whole dinner was probably like a four hour hangout thing. A good hour and a half, at least, at least an hour and a half was me just like ranting Marvel. And I'm, <laughs> I wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. I and wish I'm I sure those, seen... <laughs> sorry, I'm sure those listening and those watch and those watching us, I know you have those moments and it feels so gratifying. So gratifying. It really does. Uh, I wish I could have seen Isabella's reaction when that question was asked, because like she knows what's coming, yeah. she knows what you're gonna do. <laughs> but it, but it's awesome because Mar that means Marvel's doing a good job bringing in new viewers, right? It and is. even I heard of a story recently where, and which segues us beautifully into Miss Marvel. Uh, my my buddy, my coworker, buddy Rav, big DC guy, DC guy, but he now loves coming to the Marvel movies because it's such an event and spectacle. Um, but you know, that being said, Black Adam should be interesting. Uh, I, they got a lot of interesting characters finally that I would love to see on, on the big screen. So, mm -hmm. um, but he, he said his, his, uh, his wife doesn't like superhero stuff. Doesn't watch the Marvel movies or anything until Miss Marvel came out. Wow. That's amazing. That's what I like to hear. So yeah, Miss Marvel is a great show. I think it's, I think it truly lives up to. 
first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to start off by saying a couple things about the show. One, after this episode, this is your hook episode. This is the, this is that, this is that episode. If you're not hooked yet, this is going to make or break it for you. Like this is, you're in for a ride if you get it. And then not only that, this episode proved this story Ha this makes this episode makes the Miss Marvel series underrated and because of the unlimited potential that they could go with this and they could go really far with this and they are oof ooh buddy they are getting to some really cool stuff so uh first of all we get into the episode really quick here um man I'm hijacking this whole thing I feel bad I feel bad I'm just like totally oh, it's okay on. You've got a right. bomb, but it's a beautiful bomb. I'm just sitting back and I'm letting you take control of the plane. <laughs> For those of you listening, I'm just gesturing me being blown away. Um, all right. So uh, this episode, why this episode really proves that that Miss Marvel is an underrated show. I was shocked, by the way, to hear that it did not perform as well as the other Disney Plus series. First of all, it's not a competition. You know, Marvel, <laughs> this kind of these kind of numbers doesn't bother marv at all Bar kevin feige's at a point he just wants to tell his stories the way he thinks it should be told and let it let it just tell itself and go run with it um so with that being said this episode kicks off with what i think is the coolest thing about these marvel shows which is they do the marvel satire they have these historical events which is great because they do give you kind of an education of what like what was going on in history at that time and then they throw in that marvel lore and it's super fun so we start in these caves which you know marvel and tomb raiding baby let's bring out it more moon knight was good but we need to bring some more tomb raiding we need to do some cool archaeology finds bring in indiana jones why not why not it's so meta it's so meta these days but we get into this cave and they're looking for the bangle and the bangle, they end up finding uh, a piece of it. And the interesting thing is we learn there's two. There is two pieces of the bangle around. Now, in this cave lies the giant symbol of the Ten Rings, which, in my in my opinion, on the uh, the Eastern Hemisphere there, uh, I feel like I feel like the Ten Rings is the Hydra of that side of the world, whereas the North American ah. side or, or the American side is Hydra. On that side, on the the European side, and all that, that's uh, that's all. Um, it feels like it's gonna be the Ten Rings. Now, the now the cool thing about the Ten Rings that seems like the story is alluding to, I think that they're they're playing up the story, which I think is true, which is true to the comics, I should say, which is when Mandarin got his rings, they're alien technology, like, but they're based on the different. Um, magical aliens that dr strange uses like the vishanti are actually aliens from way out that world and they they mention that in the comics they talk about how like the vishanti come and they teach this like magical science which thor to thor dark world alluded to um and uh and they teach that and then they sometimes imbue artifacts into these things so yeah. first of all they did a really good job bringing in that story and telling that moment there now we see a blue hand, a blue hand with the bangle, which is interesting because Avatar Two: The Way of Water confirmed. Woo! Finally, it took this long to come out because they wanted Marvel to finally catch up to them. But, <laughs> but this obviously alludes to the Kree uh, being on Earth because the Kree are blue. Mm -hmm. So this this is interesting. 
Now, so they kick off that. So that scene is, I think, to me, like just screams the unlimited potential that the show has to offer. Um, and we'll get into a little bit later as to what they're talking about. But it was it was really I, I'm so glad because they could have waited till episode four or five, whatever, to bring on this extra story. In fact, this the story could have been pretty much the wedding, which was super fun to watch, by the way. Um, uh, the story could have been the wedding and then the battle and, sh- and her using her bangle. And then and then at the end of all that, they tease what the, her finding out the answers to the story. Yeah, they could have gone that order. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it's so I, I have uh, my notes are really uh, scattered sort of in my mind today because I'm still vibrating from that beautiful ending of Obi-Wan Kenobi that we also got. Um, wait, uh, did you watch it, Ryan? If I say so. Uh, I have not. It's, okay. It is on my, it's on my to-do list after. Um, Isabella is, is on a work retreat. So it, it's literally binge watch day for me on on all the shows that I need to watch. She she's don't get me wrong, she's loving Obi Wan, but I, I don't think she's in it as much as as, as I am. Uh, but I'm sure this episode's gonna gonna be a mind blow. The middle of this show was a little bit sloppy. Um, mm-hmm. I get it, but man, that ending makes up for everything. It's uh, I, I'm not gonna spoil anything. I'm just gonna say it is one of the most emotionally powerful things that star wars has done in its 44 years mm-hmm. existing uh it just wow uh I'm lost for words um so miss marvel i watched before that so it kind of got drowned out by just all of the obi-wanness of it all but as soon as we first saw the bangle in episode one i remember thinking like making that correlation and talking to you about it on the show of like, it's kind of like Mandarin's rings. It's kind of like what Wenwu's got going on. Um, and the idea of not knowing where Wenwu's rings come from, because it's all a big mystery. We have no clue. Uh, They're setting that up as some kind of big deal further down the road. Uh, so I, I like the idea of tying this possibly, possibly tying this in to the same origin uh because if it is an ancient ten ring symbol we can assume that's Wenwu because he's been around for a long time fellow looks great for his age so <laughs> if those bangles end up being from wherever those rings ended up being from Kakarantara perhaps the great and mighty Fin Fang Foom I don't know but wherever they come from um that's a great way to sort of tie some things together and build towards something uh, because that is a bit of uh, a, a small bit of business that I think we should also address on today's show, Ryan, is a, a tiny, tiny nugget was dropped by Kevin Feige himself, where he said that very close in the near future, within the next couple months, we will get a clearer idea of what this saga is uh, and what it's going towards. So he admitted, according to sources, he has admitted that it is apparently pretty obvious to him uh, or or people with his level of knowledge, quote unquote, that that it's pretty much you should know by now what the story where the story is going. And I say to you, Kevin, that is BS, sir. That is I I have been following this stuff like a freaking (laughs) madman. If you've seen the beautiful mind, Kevin Feige, I'm at that level. All right. I'm writing on the windows. (laughs) 
Send Kevin and, a picture of your cork boards. Yeah, just like <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> um, and like so, and like even Isabella, Isabella will throw in a moment. Like uh, I think she threw in like I think she said something similar to what you said. Like um, she's like, oh, I think that I think that Gore is gonna is gonna. Do you think Gore is gonna like kill the Egyptian gods and stuff? I'm just like. That's good. <laughs> you know, like, you just get writing down all this stuff. She's like, honey, um, you're but... writing on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Go, Kevin. Tell Kevin. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I'm very excited. Kevin, they did say that there is going to be a D22 this year or D23 or whatever they call it. D23. Um, uh, there is going to be a D23 this year. I think it's taking place in September. I think so. Um, I think it'd be cooler if uh, this was the 90s and it was just news that came out in Disney Adventures magazine, like the good old days. But uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'll take a D23 live stream. Uh, yeah, you will. You that showcase that we like had a total like nerdgasm over was like, <laughs> was, like the best thing ever. That was already three years like, ago. Like... in the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah freaking mephisto confirmed but yeah so uh, yes so very very soon we're gonna get a very very clear idea of where the show is going i definitely think so and i mean hey you can you want to look uh right there on the surface there's a clue right there right in the mm -hmm. the main artifacts there what are they called they're called bangles the bangles is also the name of a pop group from the 1980s and what was their hit song Walk like an Egyptian ties into Moon Knight. Boom. You're welcome. Mephisto confirmed. Mephisto confirmed. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg as Mephisto confirmed. Ooh, Teaming up actually, with Christine Everhart. You know, I would actually take that. I would actually oh, yeah. take Whoopi as Mephisto only because of her betrayal of Guinan in Star Trek. She could play like a mysterious godlike figure pretty well. So... I'd be I'd be down for that. I would. And I feel like Whoopi Goldberg can she can convince me to make deals with her. Like she'd be good at that. She'd be like, you mm -hmm. know, she, she could uh coax me into a false sense of security and be like, hey, you know, you don't need that soul, right? What are you gonna use that soul for? Here, have a yeah. bike. And then have a bike. <laughs> <laughs> this bike will this bike will be the meaning of life. Yeah. Uh, and then I have to ride the bike and kill sinners for her. As her spirit. <laughs> yep. So so yeah no I I but if if it is obvious where the story's story is going then obviously it's going to lead to the Kree Skull Scroll War and Secret Invasion is like a very key part mm. of that story to kick it off and like and take it that way but but sometimes the most obvious things are never what they seem so. I don't know. Um, like, here's here's the funny thing. They could those pieces, those pieces of uh, uh, those sorry, those artifacts like the bangle and then the ten rings, that kind of thing. I'm gonna throw it out there. This is very like way out, way out in the the theory world. What if those pieces are like pieces of Galactus's tools needed to absorb a planet? Oh shit! Wow. Okay, that's heavy. And they're right. And then once they once they're all assembled, they like create a beacon to like call Galactus. 
it's like he he had a, a Lego playset that he broke, mm. and now everybody's picking up the pieces and like, what's this do? And then Galactus shows up. He's like, I'll tell you what this does. I don't know why he sounds like Hulk Hogan. Hey, maybe Hulk Hogan <laughs> will play Galactus. I, I got a hunger, that. brother. I'm coming at you. you brother. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, like yeah, no, I would love I would love Hogan to do it. I'm coming for your brother. That's all I need to hear. Uh it makes me want to watch the Bourbon Commando all over again. Uh you watched yeah, it so once? I, <laughs> I've watched it more than once. <laughs> let's, get, let's get real. Uh, I love terrible 80s movies. Um anyway, so so yeah, I mean anything's possible at this point. Like, but the whole point is like Ke or Kevin seems to be convinced that this it's pretty obvious it should be pretty obvious by now where the story's going. But Kevin, it's I don't think it's that simple. I think to you it is because you're behind the whole process. Kevin is staring at whiteboards, you know, 8 hours a day. It's ingrained in his mind. Of course it's going to feel obvious, but Exactly. To us it, there's like five different places it could go, so we need to narrow it down. That's all. So Miss Marvel's going to help us do that. Mhm. Mm and the cool thing about this show right now is like they are and they're using we've we talked about it in the last couple episodes, but they're using a lot of Marvel Marvel language. They even mentioned like, you know, once she got the story of um, oh, so OK, so we she learns the story of what happened to her great grandmother um, or her grandmother. I think it is. No, great. Great grandmother. Uh, so they great learn the story. Yeah, uh, they uh, they learn the story of what happened to them. And so they talk about that they have many names and they they mention the many names of what they are. Uh, and then the last ones they use are, are, are gins and they and then which is totally up Marvel's alley. They always play to mythology and, and history and stuff like that. And they kind of incorporate their stories within it. Um, the key name that struck out to me of why this could be going the Inhumans route one, they mentioned they're exiled, which makes sense um, because the Inhumans are trapped in the negative zone. So they could be exiled and they can't go back. Wait, negative um, zone? That's that's Superman's playground, buddy. Where are we? No, the negative... Oh, sorry, I'm thinking Phantom Zone. My bad. You're right. I'm I'm all confused today. See, I'm still I'm thinking of Obi-Wan. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. I, ne I need to watch that episode now. I, I tried to watch it. I tried to watch it at some point throughout today, but I, I have a lot going on at work. Anyway, so um, so they tell this they tell the history and they say the just before they mention the jinn, the jinn name, they mention that they're the unseen. So which sounds like an outcast. And if they're not, if they're the unseen or they're considered outcast types, then that would that would lead to me using the name inhuman. And I think I think it's kind of smart that they're they're. I think it's kind of smart that they're saying what it is, but they're not saying what it is, kind of thing, because they're obviously building towards it. Um, there is an interesting moment where, oh no, that okay, no, I can't talk about that yet. Uh, but there's an interesting moment where, yeah, like they're kind of hinting at this inhumans thing, and so she has inhuman powers, and her her powers are are supposed to unlock something. A vault, if you will. And that is another inhuman thing. There is apparently a vault that leads them to a gateway that takes them back to, uh, uh, um, uh, what is it called? Adias? Adelaide. Adelaide. Keep forgetting. Adelaide, thank you. Right uh, at the Adelaide. On the dock. 
Yeah, write it down on the dog. It's going to take him back to Adelaide. And so, um, but I think Crystal and Lockjaw protect the gate, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see. We'll see. But it definitely definitely feels like they're going to reintroduce the Inhumans, which I am very excited about. Bring back Blackagon, Boltigan, and uh, and let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's go there. Let's take it that far. Take it that far, brother. Galactus yeah. Hungers. <laughs> Where's my Herald at? Um, I, yeah, hey, I'm always down to see an Inhuman. Uh, but I got to admit, when I heard Kamran's um, mother say the word Jin, I got super excited because I love the mythology of the Jin of genies. I find them really, really fascinating. Uh, one of the fantasy novels that I plan on writing someday that I have plotted out is about genies. Like, I, I love genies. I love the idea of them. And we take for granted... Uh, just how dark their mythology can get. I mean, you look at Aladdin, and yeah, he's a big, happy, wonderful blue man, and he sounds like Robin Williams sometimes, and he sounds yeah. like Rodney Dangerfield other times. But if you look at how the genie is drawn, he's this smoke coming out of this lamp. It's because genies were these scary ghosts they were phantoms they were these incorporeal beings that's why he looks like that because that is how they are depicted the same way we would depict uh you know something like like uh, like a like a ghost like something paranormal uh so there's this lost in translation idea that genies are your friend because they're giving you wishes but it's always usually in the stuff i've read like the older stuff it's a lot more sinister than that it's a wish, but dot, dot, dot. Uh, and that idea has always stuck with me and made these, these uh, creatures really, really cool. So if these people are inhumans or precursors to inhumans, cool. But if they are just straight up genies, I am all for that too, because I love the idea of seeing that. And then conversely, how does that mythology fit into the pre-existing mythology the MCU has set up? Because now we know... Egyptian gods are things and, and Valhalla and the Greek gods now. So how does the jinn fit into that? And they're probably not gods because jinn have never been depicted as deities as far as I know. So where do they fall on that scale of like, Earth thinks it's a myth, but it's actually this. I'm really curious to see how they play that out. Yeah, absolutely. And and the beautiful part about mythology is it's all into it's all about interpretation, right? Like what is the meaning of the story uh or is it like, you know, it's it, how does it relate to the reality of things? Um I've always been a big fan of that as well. Uh and so yeah, I I do like the gin approach as well. But again, I I I do hope I do hope it plays out to the inhuman thing. Because the problem with Marvel, I think that the, first of all, the Inhumans are a very popular story, very popular story. And I think the problem is, though the MCU started very strong, they had some rocky rides. They tried to tell the Inhuman story twice. They tried to do it through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they tried to connect Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to the Inhumans, whatever that was. It was supposed to be a movie. It was a It was like it's like pre Disney Plus series kind of thing and it, it totally flopped it it didn't quite work but now the mcu's got their traction and it even seems like that like the inhumans 
don't even that in human show doesn't exist it's like it's like it's not even there anymore and it I was, was gonna say it's not on disney plus at all right they don't have it there no oh I'm no really they curious. oh they have it i think they do i'm gonna quickly double check but i think right. they do um yeah, but yeah curious, i was like, what would what was so awful about it and i wonder if it's just it didn't connect to anything because the show didn't think, really connect to anything either i think because at the time marvel had like the marvel the mcu and then the tv shows they were supposed to be mcu but they weren't run by kevin they were right. run by jeff jeff Loeb. um so it kind of led to this this whole politics of it all and like and it's like why couldn't everyone work together but uh oh yes they still have it in there so they do still have it it's still up it's still up so okay. you can watch it i I've, I've watched the first i'd say 14 minutes of wow of, of the show but uh i couldn't get any further than that but i'm curious if this is i'm curious if they're gonna just disregard this at all um and and if that's the case then they have a wonderful opportunity with miss marvel to do it which brings me to my reference okay so uh so the, here's the interesting thing we talk about let's talk about the mcu we always talk about like the mcu formula which is like you base the events from the comics the events must be as close to the comics as possible but the the transitions and the story leading up to the events there was a there's a, a a flexible kind of way a flexible creativity to it so you don't have to follow it frame for frame to get to the event but again you can't mess with the event like that's like like for example uh iron man he has to be kidnapped that's an event that you cannot alter he has to be kidnapped so he can meet jensen and then he becomes iron man those are key elements that have to happen but before it doesn't doesn't quite have to follow the exact same footsteps because i think in the comics it was like the vietnam war so like it doesn't so obviously they change that and they 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 change those events but it's still like there's a war he goes gets kidnapped this 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 right and then like and it was like the mandarin did it and the whole thing so it's so they obviously change certain things but in the end he still got kidnapped. He still met Jensen and created the armor. Yeah. That's 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 law, right? So the cool thing is, is like when you're retelling a key event, um, the beautiful thing is if it's done right, you can create a new youthful perspective to the event. And one of the shows I watched recently, and I I will still go back and watch cartoons and see what new cartoons are like these days. And it's kind of sometimes it's hard to watch because like they are just like too much for kids and and they assume kids are young. And so you have to keep the story very simple and and it's like in very in your face and like, you know, ADD and all that stuff. Oh. Um, a lot of flashy stuff. It's really painful. But like you look at the older shows, the older cartoons the animation was flashy but the content was like intense like you know you look at x-men like x-men's like heavily based on like racism like and like like how you look at racism and all that stuff like that like they they tackled some really complex subjects 
and they did it in a cartoon platform, which honestly, that show should have gotten some massive Oscar award or something like that show deserves a lot more credit than than it was given. Literally a uh, massive Oscar. Like they should have given it like a 14 yeah, foot tall Oscar. Yeah, just a giant statue. Uh, and then you have your Spider-Man show, which did a great job talking about like your coming of age story and like being an adult. But it was kind of all over the place because it still was like, you know, Spider-Man fighting, you know, Mysterio and villains and stuff like that. Um, but the the interesting show I watched recently is is Young Justice. Young DC's Young Justice. And this is a really I'd say Young Justice is one of the best examples of retelling a story from the comics. So what they do is they do the story of like for example let's see what's it what's a good example um doomsday kill superman mm, i don't think i don't know i don't think because i don't think they've gotten that far yet uh okay okay let me let me do this one so uh they talk about making superboy okay gotcha. superboy is a clone we know superboy is engineered by luthor and in this show, the way they do it is the events the same, but the 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 way they got there is completely different. But it's but there's a lot of cool things they do. Uh, there was a recent so there was a there oh perfect example. Okay, so we all know watch Superman two. Superman two Zod comes, gets out of the Phantom Zone, tries to conquer the world. We know that event. The comic book did it. The movie did it pretty straightforward. I was there. I was the first one to kneel. They called me a traitor after. <laughs> kneel for the House of Zod. All right. So and and so the cool thing is the whole concept of the show is it's not about the heroes. It's about the sidekicks. Right? right. Now, when you look at sidekicks before the show, you're like, Robin, pff, what a joke. But if you read the comics, you know Robin. The story of Robin's like insane. Like it's it's absolutely nuts. And the interesting thing here is that this show does a great job of like, well, okay, they're sidekicks, yeah, but these kids are like teenagers, and we all know what teenage life is like. Like teenage life is teenage life is like emotional adrenaline all the time. Like everything's life life and death to you. Like you know what I mean. Like everything's immediate to you. So if you don't get something you want, you get super angry and you project your anger very loudly, right? So these these kids are kids, like, and they're dealing with villains, uh, you know, who are like trying to destroy the world. And you know, at first they kind of have this childlike youth is youth youth youthism to them, um, but in the end, like, you see the consequences. Like these kids go through trauma. Uh, and one of my favorite episodes, uh, they do a, a mind link exercise where Miss Martian like puts them all in her mind and they do kind of like a training simulator. And she, one of the one of them, they start off by telling her like, hey, you're you guys are going to a training simulator. Just letting you know. So and we're going to psychically link you all up into her mind. So they do it in the training simulation. One of them dies. One of their teammates die. And because Miss Martian's a kid, she doesn't, she totally forgets it's a training simulator and her mind puts a death lock on all the other ones. So it makes them feel like death is permanent. Uh. And they all start like freaking out 
And it's a great story of like, you know, just like like post-traumatic stress. And, and it's a great story on post-traumatic stress. They get out and these kids are like, there's like an eerie silence to like the whole rest of the episode. And, and then Black Canary has to have a therapy session. And the rest of the series, they actually go through like therapy sessions throughout the series and they grow up and everything. So like these kids deal with all sorts of things. And the, one of my favorite storylines too is Superboy. Uh, you know, he, he meets the kids and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the clone of Superman. I should, I will replace him. Should he fall and all this stuff and talks about being a weapon. And they're like, Hey, your ambitions to be Superman. Like we get it. Like, that's cool. Like I, I'll tell you what, we'll introduce you to him and they introduce him to him. And Superman's like, I ain't about this. And he, he walks away and he's not like the beacon of hope. He portrays himself to be. And then, and then the cool thing is, is he, uh, later on in the show, he try like Superboy tries to spend time with him because he's like, like I'm part Kryptonian. Like I need to know how I, I work, like how I, how I am. And Superman takes it as like, you are not my kid. I did not have you. And he treats him like, uh, he treats him like an adopted son that he never wanted. And it's, it's so well-written. It's incredible. But my, but to bring it back to the point, which is first of all, you should watch the the Young Justice show as much as you should watch Miss Marvel because that's this is exactly the kind of storytelling that superheroes, the superhero story of of why we do superhero stories because when we're kids we feel like we can do anything and that's like the fun part of superhero storytelling right we can do anything we can fight bad guys like it's it's essentially our imagination come to life um, and then the the beautiful part is you know to go back to the storytelling aspect of it. Is, is that if it's done right, they're kids. They are living their lives. And and to tell these shows properly, you need to have a mild-mannered version of their life to relate to. And she has it. Like the the high school crush, uh, you know, the friend who's always been there and you're not sure of your feelings. All these factors play into the superhero story, right? Um, but the other main point I was getting to is the, the introduction of the Inhumans. Because... Now, through Miss Marvel's perception of, of the Marvel world, you can retell the Inhuman story. You can use the same actors. You can do all sorts of things. But the beautiful part is you can kind of reintroduce them and, and still meet those events, but change the, the way you get to those events. Yes, because uh, they are, like you said, they're not locked in. The, yeah. the story beats are what is holy. But how you get there can change because we want to surprise our audience. Uh, it's and, a rhythm, uh, right? The story yeah. beats are holy, but the rhythm and to get to those beats, you can change, you can pivot, you can do all sorts of cool things. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. And that's, for me, the beauty of Miss Marvel because I have I don't know what the the holy parts are for Miss Marvel because she's so outside of my knowledge. Um, and I mean... I've always wanted to check out Young Justice, and now I have even more reason to because that sounds really, really cool. Uh, and for our younger listeners, let me spell this out for you clearly. If you're one of our younger listeners and you have not been made aware of or you have just never taken the time to check out the DC cartoons that they used to make in the, in the like mid to late 90s, we're talking Batman animated series, Superman the animated series, Justice League, Batman Beyond. Do yourselves a favor. I promise you, you have never seen cartoons like these. 
you have never seen them like these before. Uh, and they are going to change. They're going to spoil you. Because after you watch like a, a season of Batman, you're going to be like, well, every other cartoon sucks now. Like I can't go back mm. to them. So prepare yourself for that. But if you're okay with that, check them out and check out Young Justice because it sounds really cool too. Uh, you are in for a treat. Like if Teen Titans Go is apparently awesome and you know it's great and it's fun and it's wacky. Uh, but if you want to be blown away by like superhero storytelling, yeah, watch something like the 90s Batman animated series and then come back here and be like, oh my God, you guys, you were so handsome and right. I should have listened to you more on Infinity mm-hmm. Rewatch. Um <laughs> So like I, and and I will I will to wrap up by saying real quick because like we're we're hitting some good notes today, mm-hmm. um, but like I will say like the amount of good good quality like good moral fiber shows which is the only way I can define it is very low like it's very there's not a lot out there believe me I've looked because it these kind of shows feed me like they feed my soul and I love it so much. Um, but yeah, like your X-Men cartoon, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, Batman Beyond, good call out, Justice League, Young Justice, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Ooh. all those shows are very rare and, and, and incredibly hard. Like it's incredibly hard to find more shows like that. Um, like even Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes is a great comic book experience. But it it still doesn't quite deliver the 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 emotional weight and intelligent intelligence that these shows bring. And I say that because I can think of a couple episodes that that uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes does really well, which is like Hank Pym's struggle with pacifism is like one of the best story arcs in that show. Um, but again, there there's uh, again those kind of moments are few and far between in, in that particular series um but yeah x-men like it like if you have feelings growing up like if you're a kid right now even if you're listening to this if you're in school like you know i know some of your students watch this fantasia if you are watching if you're looking for a way to relate and better understand your feelings shows like young justice x-men batman superman all those Batman Beyond, especially, I'll even narrow it down. X Men, uh, Batman Beyond, Young Justice, those kind of shows will help you relate to like what kind of feelings you're having, and it's like super powerful. Um, even Avatar as well. Like Avatar is a great coming of age story, and like understanding what what it means to like accept responsibility. That's huge. Um, but yeah, those kind of shows are very very rare. Uh, but even Miss Marvel, bringing it back to uh, the show, Miss Marvel is a great example of of emotional depth and and bringing out feelings, which is really good. Yes, and I got to tell you, it brought out some feelings in me uh, this week and mm. last week uh, that I wanted to bring up. I forgot to bring this particular lineup last week, but that's okay because it fits in perfectly here. There were there was a line of dialogue spoken last week, and then another one spoken today that. I felt like the first one was like, oh my God, I can't relate to this, but I feel like there are a million fans right now who just leaned into the TV and said, yes, oh my God, yes. And then today's was that, but for me. And I leaned in (laughs) and I said, oh my God, yes. The one from last week was, um, I, I always forget her name, but Kamala's best friend, 
uh, not Bruno, but the, the girl. Uh, and the girl said that line about how my whole life, I've always been considered too white for some people and too ethnic for other people. Uh, and I, I, because of that, I've never been able to fit in at school or in my family. And I'm like, damn, like there must be so many people who that spoke so beautifully to. Mm -hmm. And I would love, like if anybody listening to this has had that feeling, you know, if you come from an ethnic background and you feel like you had that same revelation as this character, who's, Name I feel awful for forgetting because I have a Marvel show. I should know these Comron? things. I'm so sorry. Not Comron, the girl. I forget her name. Uh, oh yes, yeah. She's she's running for uh, the council there on the mosque. But yeah, if, if you if you got touched by that line, and you're listening to this, make a comment. Let us know. I want to know how that made you feel because that was a special line. And then this week, I myself got kicked in the heart by a particular line. Ryan, I want to see if you can guess which line in today's episode got particularly me, particularly Andrew Philip Fantasia to, <laughs> to sort of lean into the screen and be like, this is, this is touching me. This is reaching out and touching me. I want to say, I want to say, is it a scene with Bruno? No, it's not a scene with Bruno. Oh man. Um, oh, oh, is it the scene with his dad? The, the son and his dad? Yeah, I have 700 bucks in my bank account and I'm getting married. Like him having to take a moment to sit down and say that out loud, uh, that sort of imposter syndrome feeling of like, I'm, I'm doing this very adult thing. They're, like it's happening. It's, it's a thing that's happening to me and I am not, should I, should I be more ready for this? I feel like I'm not as ready as the rest of the world appears to be and they summed it up in such a beautifully written way just by having him say it that way like i have like on his wedding day putting on his shirt taking a breath and saying i have 750 bucks in my bank account that wow man that just soared the show to new heights and it it, it took me to like this place of just like god damn i feel for this guy and mm. So many people, again, must relate to this. So many people must be there. So many people must feel, wow, I, I have this job or I, I have a kid on the way or I have this or I have that. And, and that's happening to me? To, I, I'm not the kind of person that happens to. Am I ready for that? Just all kinds of, of, of things went through my heart and brain at that moment. And I got to applaud this writing team for packing those two punches one week after another mm -hmm. wow great stuff on it you know I, I i don't want to i don't want to step on that that moment because it is a great moment for you and i i should have thought a little harder and before i answered because it, that, i totally i totally understand your moment there um you know what i like about that moment too is is also just the visual direction of it um uh, because you know it it's beautiful what what would appear as father son advice um and it, it is that it is that but i think by by uh kamala kamala eavesdropping on it it proves that you know that advice doesn't have to be for just him it's for anyone that sh that 
is going through something like that, right? It's like yes. you have a choice. If you're going through something tough, you have a choice. You choose love or you choose fear. And yes. whichever path you go down, that's you know, that's what's gonna happen, right? Um, yeah, it's what I think this episode in my mind is probably the most well paced. It it was the right amount of like MCU lore, personal story and journey, plus just like comic book fun. Like it just like found it found its rhythm, and I I think this particular episode found its rhythm and really ran with it because because like the wedding scene, you're like that was like you're right like that was a deep heart emotion, and then like the joy and the happiness, like the wedding dance was so much fun. Um, and it's always nice to see such culture again, just, just seeing that culture is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then like into comic book action, like it's so good. Um, and of course, like leading up to that, it's just, it's just, it found, it was the best paced episode and really, and I encourage Marvel, uh, you know, Kevin, if you're watching this with the creative team, because I, I know you guys do watch it. Uh, we know James Gunn watches uh, or has has listened to us at some point. Um, so uh, I have to say, like, I have to say, like, Marvel needs to find. I think it's not like a flaw or anything. They just need to continue to find better ways to really find those emotional moments a little bit more and, and really find a way to. Uh, deliver it to the audience because like again they've they've had some good ones but I, again it's very handful moments like i have to say the young justice show again i have to i have to really praise the young justice show every episode has a has an emotionally deep moment like that and and finds a way to give it to you in 22 minutes and like just let you just really feel the feels um and this moment was the, the father-son moment was absolutely beautiful um one of my other favorite moments was Loki uh, in the first episode when when uh, Mobius was trying to get that the why the why do you do this why are you this mischievous person and it's about the illusion of control and like ooh ooh the feels on that <laughs> one like oh my god yeah, I, so I think good. Marvel has been doing a really good job with the emotional things myself oh absolutely I, I, I'm just saying like. Keep go, like push a little more, like elevate the bar just a little bit higher. Like that's all I'm saying. You're you know who right. did elevate the emotional bar a little bit higher today? I'll give you a oh. hint. His name rhymes with Shmobi Shman Shmanobi. Um, <laughs> wow, that episode. That episode was something else, brother. Um, I'm gonna quickly. I'm gonna quickly tell you something. I read a hilarious meme about about or uh, I read a hilarious fact about Star Wars. By doing this Obi Wan show, they created one more big plot hole about about Obi Wan's story, which is he only changed his first name. His name is still Kenobi, and the Empire, as great as they are with all this wonderful technology, couldn't figure out that it's Ben Kenobi and Obi Wan is the same person. They are very bad at staying undercover in Star Wars. Hey, this is uh, Anakin Skywalker's kid. Please hide him. It's very dangerous if the Emperor finds out he's alive. Cool. We're going to call him Luke Skywalker. <laughs> At least they... Leia's adopted parents were smart enough to be like, you're getting a new last name, hon. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I... <laughs> 
Luke Skywalker. Let's give you. I'm sure that last name is not, you know, not very common. I'm, not, I'm sure there's not like a million Skywalkers out there, you know, like Smith. You know, is it yeah. is Skywalker like Smith out there? Is that why they're so, <laughs> they're so comfortable with it? Vader's just like going from planet to planet. There's like a guy named like George Skywalker. He's like, are you? Are you my kid? Shit, it's another false alarm, everybody. I'm sorry. This is this is just Jim Skywalker over here. <laughs> this is not my son. Vader, you've got to stop wasting Imperial credits on this search. It's too common of a name. Oh my god. Oh boy. Um this wedding uh, though. Uh yeah. I, I super fun. I used to uh, I used to work at Banquet Hall and I used to do a lot of weddings. I've seen I think almost every culture of wedding you can see that I'm aware of, like we got to do so many. And I'm telling you, man, among my favorites was Muslim weddings. Cause let me tell you, they know how to party. They have the really cool music that they always play. They, it's so authentic to what you saw here. The music is cool. Everybody is dressed so colorfully. Um, and most important of all, they didn't show this in the show. I was trying to see if they like hinted at it. But at a Muslim wedding, Ryan, you start eating pretty late, relatively speaking, and you are on the dance floor till like 4 a.m. There, it is on a whole other level of a timetable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like us where we're lame and we're like, oh, it's midnight. I guess I better go home now. The party's over. No, man, at midnight, they're just telling the DJ to set up his equipment. So you, I was, I was really digging seeing this, and I was looking for any kind of sign where, like, Kamala steps outside during the fight, and it's like gone. But uh, we didn't quite see that. Uh, but I, I, uh, I think we need to give credit to the show for finally, finally, giving the world what it asked for with Brown Joby. It's finally real. Brown Joby. Oh my God, so good. Um, <laughs> no, I actually, yeah, that was. I love I again I just love I love it yeah. Uh I've been to I've been to one uh Indian wedding and it was it was something to behold that's for sure. And I have never been so sweaty it, like just dancing for as long as it did because like yeah. yeah you're right like when dance goes it goes. But I have to say actually when I went to this Indian wedding they also had two choreographed dances that they did nice. and it was absolutely just just stunning to watch it was just gorgeous did you oh get to like did you get to have like the the um the clothing like the traditional clothing too that they get no to? i didn't i wasn't asked to wear the because i was i was just a guest like i was just like a guest on like you know many of other guests but um, oh, okay but, but i mean i i'm i'm all for that like i'm all yeah. i'm all for wearing different cultures like outfits if if you know if it's acceptable to them and and, and allowing me the opportunity to do it um like uh, when I took uh, when I took Aikido, they they had a really traditional Japanese kind of gi, and it was really cool to cool to see. And and you know, I I almost had the opportunity to wear like a, a full on like samurai kind of reg, like regalia, like the big like they had the big like Japanese pants and everything. It was really sweet. Cool. Um, had I had I just pursued a little longer, I would have been able to get a really cool outfit. But, but the point is, um, actually, no, better example. I'll do one better. I studied, uh, I studied Zhenghua Gung Fu uh, roughly just before the time I met you. Um, and I got to wear 
uh, actually the, a, like a monk outfit. And Whoa. it was really awesome. Uh, it, in, it was in Toronto, and I'm pretty sure this place still exists. It's called Changhua Kung Fu. Uh, and uh, sorry, Changhua Kung Fu. And, uh, and if you take their program, like if you learn Kung Fu, you actually have to do like cultural events with them. So that would mean like, for example, you have to volunteer and do something. You don't have to do something big. Like if you have stage fright and like you don't want to do it, you don't have to. But if you take enough time and you participate for as long as you can, um, you have to do like lion dances with the with the giant lion head and you have to do the whole like you actually oh, have to train cool. for it, which is, by the way, the most painful exercise I've ever seen because it's a lot of this one stance that requires you to stay in a squatted position and your your thighs are on fire. Um, and but also you there's actually... a real lion there with you the whole time. <laughs> yes. But but my point is like you you are very much deep into the culture and it was really cool to go to the Indian wedding and see it and in fact I also studied an Indian dance style at York University called uh, Kathak and it was a very very involved dance that required a lot of footwork and a lot of really cool beautiful poses but it was not only culture shock but it was quite quite an intricate dance form I have I have ever learned. I would love to be part of a choreographed dance at an Indian wedding. Um, and my my friend who's Indian mm. is he's not engaged, but like he bought his girlfriend a promise ring. And I'm like, hurry up, man! While, while my knees are still good, let's get on that dance floor. Um, You're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. I, I uh, oh, uh, one thing that I like to do here on Infinity Rewatch that uh, um, I'm going to do again right now, whether you like it or not is because we're from Canada, I always like to tell our non-Canadian viewers uh, when something comes up in the MCU that, uh, you know, it's like either, hey, we're different here in Canada, and like I teach you guys a fact about Canada, or I ask Americans, like, what's the deal with X? And that's what I want to do today, is I have to ask Americans what the deal is with something. Because here in Canada, Ryan, as far as I know, you're, you're more well-traveled than I am, uh, so maybe you've seen them. But we do not have what Kamala's father bought from the store. We don't have Hostess fruit pies. They're not a thing here. But I've heard of them before. I've seen like ads for them in old comics and stuff like that. So what I want to, the question I want to pose to our American listeners uh, and wherever else you can find these things is what's the deal with Hostess fruit pies? Do they just taste like the McDonald's apple pies because those things are like 90% dough and I find they don't taste great at all. Uh, is that really what that's all about? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. All I know is, is that we do have similar treats. Uh, we have uh, the Joe Louis, for example. Uh, Joe Louis, I love Joe Louis. Uh, so delicious. <laughs> and then we also have Twinkies. Like we have similar things, but that's, I assume that's what it is. Uh, but you know, I'll blow your mind a little further. Americans do not have plum sauce. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, Americans also do not have honey garlic. What? They make more barbecue than anybody. They don't have honey garlic, huh? Granted, I don't like honey garlic barbecue sauce. That's not really my cup of sauce, but, um, wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And of course, some of the more some more popular, you know, things are like ketchup chips. I don't, I, I don't think Americans have ketchup chips. But yeah, the plum sauce one really blew my mind because I was really into plum sauce for for a stint there. And uh, I went to E3 with some American friends of mine, and uh, I was like, I was like, do you guys have plum sauce? And they're like, what the hell is plum sauce? Is that like honey mustard? And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> the plum sauce. When, when you say um, I was really into plum sauce for a stint there, my mind went to a dark place. Like you got addicted. It was a thing. Isabella had to have a meeting. <laughs> she's like, I don't know you anymore. Just give me the plum sauce. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't that bad. But anyway, uh, and then let's not get into iced tea. Because <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, that's, iced tea in America is very different. That's a whole book of, of differences. <laughs> Um, I, I, Anyways, plum sauce, good question, like, what is it about Canada where it's like, yeah, here this plum sauce is totally viable, but drive two hours south, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's amazing, like, we're, we're, we're so close to the States, and yet there's so there's some pretty big differences sometimes, um, and so, yeah, but, you know, absolutely, that's a great question, uh, and I love that again. I love that they dropped the Eric Selvig bomb, by the way, talking about how to like open the gate and everything. And uh, again, Marvel, keep doing it, man. Like at this point, fans should get know what these references are. And if they don't, mm -hmm. that is every opportunity to go back and watch, find out who who's from where and who does what. Right. So um, absolutely continue to do that. I have to say, going back to your uh, Brown Jovi cover band, which is, by the way, the most hilarious thing. The fight scene was by far so much fun. I was on the edge of my seat, just having a gas. Like I was just like, I was like, oh my god, this is so good. Like, oh, it's like the uh, I think it's the "It's My Life" song. I it's oh, Chinese oh. Do gonna die. Yeah, and they're just... hunting her down. She's just running and like doing the slide. Oh. It it felt like kind of it actually the fight scene kind of felt like a Jackie Chan fight scene just because the beat the way the beats worked like she like blocks pushes slides under a table and like there's like a kind of uh it's kind of like a uh, kinetic momentum like it was really kind of fun to to watch and stuff like that so that was great um yeah she loving, uses I, the environment like Jackie a lot like mm -hmm. she takes everything in that kitchen she's taking advantage of. Yeah, and then uh, of course she, she uh, her and Bruno barely get out alive. Really, if you think about it, they they barely get out. And and Nakia is the name of the, the character you're looking for. Ah, thank you. Yeah, uh, and she so she catches on to them. Here's my here's my little here's my little curmuffins I have with uh, with mm -hmm. Department of Damage Control. We don't have curmuffins in Canada either. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I just, you know, I'm fine. I'm trying to, you know, I, you, you such have a, you have such an elevated vocabulary. So I, I feel like subconsciously I'm trying to like keep up by like throwing in such fun words to be descriptive with, but like, yeah, it's, it's that's, I don't know. That's, I guess that's why I skewed it out for muffins, but it's what it is. Um, so how do you miss them going through a loud metal door thing and not catch on that like someone's leaving the crime scene like they were right there the fact that they didn't see them okay i'll buy it like their kids they're small they can hide in the little dark area there but those doors no matter how you open them they ain't quiet they're like a ka-chunk 
Okay, like they're very loud in school. You in school, if you're in a classroom, you can hear that door opening from a mile away. No matter how loud the classroom is, you can always hear those doors. How did the agents just go like, "Oh, someone just opened a door. It must be a fire." Like, I don't know. They're don't called know. the Department of Damage Control, not the Department of Competent Agents. <laughs> That's it. But uh, this, this again, this show is highly highly underrated and i think this show is going to have a lot to offer um and again i think you know i think as viewers you got to remember like they're trying to cater to not just one audience but as many audiences as possible so of course there's going to be like this teenage drama stuff i can imagine some people are like i don't need to see this but you <laughs> do you absolutely you were once a kid you know yes. what it's like that's what this stuff feeds you it feeds me it's like the you know, I, I remember my parents growing up, uh, or my aunts and uncles and stuff, they always had like the chicken soup for the soul book and all that stuff. Because oh, like, yeah. it helps them remind them of like, I don't know, like, like, you know, feelings and stuff. I just, <laughs> <laughs> but like, for me, like, that's like this, this kind of like teenage drama stuff, like that's chicken soup for my soul. Like, it's so good. Oh, this it makes you feel young. When Bruno, young. when Bruno's like, "Oh, I got accepted in Caltech, but you know, before I accept and go, I want to make sure struggle to say words." You're okay. Yeah. We all know what he's saying. We uh -huh. all know what he's asking for. Feelings. Yeah. Feelings. He's he's in not so many words. He's telling her, "There's a guy standing in front of you, who is not a complete weirdo who jumps off strangers' roofs that he just met," uh, mm -hmm. and. He loves you dearly, and he doesn't want to go to California and be 2,500 miles away from you, but maybe he should because it feels like you're pushing him away. And that's what Kamala, I think, is going to have to learn, uh, which is what her mother tells her, is that whatever you're going through, you're not going through it alone. Uh, but she doesn't heed that advice by the end of the episode because – she she comes back to the house and obviously everybody's really upset because somebody was like, I think I saw Kamala pull a fire alarm, mm -hmm. ruin the wedding. So she is now the subject of everybody's ire because she ruins her brother's wedding, that, as far as everybody can tell. And all she has to do is tell the truth. Be like, no, I, 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 I didn't. I'm not the bad guy here. I'm sorry that your wedding got ruined, but it wasn't my fault. Here's what happened. But she is taking on all of this alone which is exactly what mom told her not to do. And I think that's going to come back and bite her in the ass because mm -hmm. now if, if she's driven the family away and she drives Bruno away, it's another sort of parallel of what happened to Thor in his first movie. He starts off with everything and he has to have nothing before he can become worthy of Mjolnir. And we saw that Kamala mm -hmm. does have a lot going. She, you know, she, she's not like a, down on her luck she's not harry potter living in a cupboard she's doing okay she's got a good life good friends um and she's just striving for more and now that she has got more it's all that she's focused on and she's pushing away all these people who are trying to help her and i think she's gonna have to overcome that in order to become not just kamala khan with a fancy bangle but miss marvel because nobody's yeah. called her that yet no that uh, honestly it's going to be like the last possible scene like like who are are you uh what is it hard light or night light no i miss marvel and then just doo -doo 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 -doo. uh but like you know avatar the last airbender said it best when we hit our lowest point 
we are susceptible to the most change. Was that Uncle Iroh? That sounds like something Iroh would say. No, I do love that character, though, with all my heart. But uh, no, actually, that was Aang himself. But that was when he was talking to the legend, uh, or sorry, when he was talking to Korra. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so this, again, this show is highly underrated. And I mean, you know, it could, it could at this point play it safe for the rest of the season and then that be that. But obviously now Kevin Feige has the power to do whatever he wants. I don't think that show, this show is going to do, uh, go anymore. I don't think we're plateauing here. I think we're still climbing up what seems to be an epic epic story i would not be surprised if we run into gorgon eventually uh i think that gorgon is actually not too far out from this experience um for wow. those who don't know gorgon is the goat-legged inhuman uh who can cause earthquakes with his hooves um and he's very very strong uh but he's usually he's usually a recruit like a nick fury recruitment type like you'll find people and protect them and then and then take them back to take the worthy back to uh Adelaide. so there's uh that or i would love to see karnak karnak but karnak's pretty close to uh black bolt so i don't think he's gonna be i don't think he's gonna be coming around but that brings me to an interesting point so the mother grabs the bangle uh cameron's mother uh cameron's mother grabs the bangle and then they see a vision of the train uh so what was interesting to me is there's kind of like a yellow flash before the the train comes in um uh, but what was interesting is it almost looked like there were the eyes and then like the tuning fork of either what could be black bolt but more likely is lockjaw just seeing the big Ooh. thing there because lockjaw he kind of has like when you see him teleport he kind of has like the the rectangular eyes and he has he has the little fork on his head um so I, I there was a moment there was a moment my eyes could just be playing tricks on me but i felt like that was a, a cue for lockjaw i have a feeling and i hate to run on your parade but i have a feeling it might have been your eyes playing tricks because i also saw something weird when the train showed up at first it looked like a dc thing and that's why i was thrown off it looked like uh, there's a dc character who's one of the new gods named metron and Metron sits in this giant chair with a round back uh, and he floats through space. And when the train came at the camera, my first thought was the silhouette of the train. I was like, that looks like Metron's chair. What the hell is going on? I'm like, hi, what's happening? And then it turned out to be a train that I think Kamala's going to be boarding next week if everything goes as planned. Because I think uh, she's leaving the States to go find out the secret of the bangle. And my God, that would be a great Harry Potter title. <laughs> uh you know it's it's funny uh you know i wouldn't i would almost not know who metron is if he wasn't in young justice as well oh they're pulling some deep cuts i like this this show's getting more and more interesting by the minute hells to the yeahs um yeah so so again this show unlimited potential it can go so far for this. Um, I'm very curious to see this train thing where it's going to lead. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it leads to a Cree century. That's what I'm hoping for. Because if that happens, we're going to secret invasion, people. We're we're riding that train, both literally and metaphorically speaking. Uh, but yes, that will lead to the secret invasion. 
Um, I actually, there was a moment where I almost suspected that that the jinns were uh, were Cree, uh, that like forgot they were Cree kind of thing because they've just lived for so long. But I'm still riding on the Inhuman train. I'm very much convinced, being the unseen and all. Uh, but yes, I, I, I think the show is actually really amazing. And I, I think it's a true, I still stick by my guns. What I said the last episode and the episode before that, this is a great coming of age story, uh, and the true contemporary superhero teenage story. So I'm very much excited for where it's going to go. Um, uh, but I am hoping for some inhuman tie-ins. I don't know if I would like to be left on a cliff, a cliffhanger and left to, for me to interpret I, I I think we're at a point now where I I just want to see see more. Like I just want to I want more, and and I know Kevin always wants us in that position, but I hope he gives it like like perfect example. Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. If you haven't seen it yet, spoilers warning for you. But I'm gonna give you three seconds. And if they didn't do uh, Celeste at the end. I would have been pissed. You mean Clea? So oh, sorry, Clea. Yes, <laughs> Clea. Clea at the end. If they just kind of like, like gave, like just showed like a purple, like a uh, purple portal or something, and uh, you see like a silhouette of her, and that's all you see, I would have been so mad. But no, they did it. They went there, and they, and even with the Illuminati, like they, they put out all the characters, and that was it. One last thing I want to point out. I checked, uh, because 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 uh, Doctor Strange came out today. I, I, even though it comes out on Disney Plus, I always buy it digitally. So I have all my bonus features and everything. Um, I checked the bonus features in the concept stage of that scene with the Illuminati. They were going to have Dr. Doom. Wow. Damn. Did they say anything about um, a possible extended version on the home media? No, huh? Mm -hmm. No, surprisingly enough, there's only two deleted scenes. And one of the, actually, both of them really didn't have much to do. Like, they wouldn't have added anything to the movie. Hmm. But I, I will say, I will say on the, on kind of a final note here, talking about Marvel stuff, there is a bonus feature about why they chose Sam Raimi. And it just makes you go like, you should have done it sooner. Like, you should have brought that guy in sooner. Like, the, the history that guy has with movies and storytelling and like this guy is a like a pioneer. Like he, there is no other movie that's even remotely close to Army of Darkness. There is nothing, <laughs> nothing. We watched Warlock. It was somewhat close, but it doesn't deliver like Army of Darkness does. And it's a shame. But um, oh man, oh yeah, that movie just uh, yeah. But there's I don't think there's any potential for extended. I'm really confused as to why there's an extended of No Way Home, and I will I will throw in my my grievance with that in that it feels and I I'm actually lately I'm I'm a little upset too because uh yeah the Spider Man thing feels like a cash grab like I swear to God if it's like 15 minutes of footage like extra footage of Spider Man the Spider Man just joking around I'll be really upset like I don't think it's I'm a fan, but I'm not that much of a fan to need to see like an extra couple of meme meme moments in a movie just because, like, just because it's Spider Man. Like, I'm not I'm not gonna fall for that. Uh, I am curious as to what what these moments are, or however long, or sorry, they haven't mentioned how much screen time there is. 
like if it's an extra five minutes that really don't doesn't do anything like yeah that's the thing but but that being said like what if there's like a whole extra scene with daredevil then 100 i would love to see that (laughs) but it feels like it feels like a cash grab or like if i swear to god if they throw like a mobius or a morbius reference in there i'll be very upset like it's just it's just it i don't need that you'll be the only upset person in the world it feels the it definitely Morbius feels like loves, I, yeah kevin feige when he said we're gonna find out what it's building towards and it should be obvious the answer is morbius is what it's, building <laughs> towards. it's all this well, is all of mcu from yeah. phase one to now has just been to get to morbius 2. God, that's that's God, been the don't point don't you dare don't and I don't if you, even if you pay attention no no you're gonna stop stop it's all stop there it. stop it it's all in the liner notes just stop. Just just stop. Just stop. Let it go. <laughs> but like, here's the thing. This is why. So Jurassic, Jurassic, uh, Jurassic World Dominion or whatever, what it was, whatever it was. First of all, when I saw the trailer, it felt like a money grab. Just gonna say it out there right now. It felt like a money grab. I saw the movie on Monday. Okay, I went Monday night with some of my coworkers uh, because our, our we we um, our coworker from out of town. She finally came in and got to join us for like some filming projects that we were working on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, yeah, for Microsoft, and so we decided to go out for a team dinner and movies kind of thing. And we saw Jurassic World Dominion, and when I say the trailer was a money grab, <laughs> oh my god! Ew, watching the movie. It was a money grab. Like it just did, <laughs> I did not like it whatsoever. Wow. It was there are some moments that made me go like, oh, that's so cute. Like it's it's adorable. I love Jeff Goldblum. But like <laughs> I don't know if I'm missing something, but it just it just it's, that movie, I don't know how it got to where it got to, because that story was just all wow. over the place. Did I'm I'm curious, did you see my my video essay about it? I have not watched the whole thing yet, no. Okay. Um, it, it's spoilery, so I'm glad you didn't watch it before you saw the actual movie. Mm-hmm. But watch that, and maybe it'll give you some idea. Maybe. I don't I, I don't think so. It, may, it might. I, tr- I trust, uh, uh, you know, Isabella. Isabella may find some of your opinions not, not quite on the nose with certain movies, but... Uh, uh, like your nightmare before Christmas, <laughs> but I trust no. your opinions and I, I, I will heed them. And, uh, and so I will, I will watch it. I will watch it fully. And then, and then I'll let you know if it's changed, if it's changed my view. Cause sometimes it can, sometimes I can be swayed, but, sometimes uh, it can, yeah. and I'm not uh, out to change anybody's opinions. I'm just stating what, I, what, I, <laughs> uh, what I you're leveling the playing field is I'm all leveling the playing true. field and Jurassic world dominion is my second favorite Jurassic movie. Uh, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, yeah. I, I would, I would say if I had like a top, like, cause there's what six movies, six yeah. movies, right? My, I don't remember the one before it too well. I remember vividly some moments, but here, here's my top Jurassic movies. Okay. One and two in chronological order. One and two are like my my top two. Like those are the best movies. Mm-hmm. Then the third one's Jurassic World. Why? Because it's a good, fun take on the formula. And it's it's a great readaptation of the Jurassic Park story. Then I will say Dominion is fun. It's very entertaining. That I will not discredit that. It is it is a great blockbuster film in that in that sense. If we're talking story, though, 
it is so weird. It is like, I just, I, I'm sorry. This is kind of like our end credit sequence to this, this episode here. But it is so weird. So weird. Uh, and the story is so, yeah, it just goes to some bizarre things. And they even have one of my favorite up-and-coming actors um, whose name is so hard for me to pronounce. Oh, man, how do I pronounce it? Are you talking about the actor who plays the, the young girl? Because she's awesome. I don't no, know No, 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 no. She was the evil. She was evil. She was uh, She was the oh, one. with yeah. the white jacket. Yeah, her name uh, like, That's Daichen Lachman. That's it, Daichen yeah. Lachman. Yeah. yeah, she's she's awesome, man. I she was in uh, she was in a show called Dollhouse. Yes, um, and of and Altered Carbon, and she's like such a great, great actor. Like she's so awesome, uh, and I just love her look. Like I just find her so fascinating, and and yeah. So, anyways, I hope I hope to see her in a Marvel project one day. I, I think she was I think she was in Agents of Shield, but. I would rather I want to see her get like a good character that she can really sink her teeth into. But did you think of me when the characters in Jurassic World went to Malta? Yes, I, there was a moment where I'm like, "Oh my god!" They they went to go the Fantasia's home home planet. <laughs> they finally acknowledge that my planet exists. They, they're not just filming it and pretending it's Rome or Greece. Like everybody else, I'm looking at you, Spielberg. <laughs> but yeah, so um, anyway, so yeah, I, I love that. But but yeah, oh man, the story of that that movie. Oh my god, I actually I feel bad. I feel there's there's one move. There's only one movie I've actually walked out of, and I was super upset. And that was House of Wax. I don't even know why I watched it. I don't know why anyone convinced me to with go with Paris them. Hilton, that House of Wax. With Perez Hilton, yes. Wow. Yeah, I walked out, dude. That's I never walk out of a movie. I, I wish I could still say that to date because I love movies that much. But I did it. And then Jurassic World, I feel bad by saying this, but I actually went on IMDb during the movie to check how long it was and then looked at the time to see when it would be over. Wow. I Watch my video and then tell me if that mm -hmm. gave you any kind of appreciation at all. Maybe. Well, you, you, like I said, going back to our original conversation, I trust your opinion, so I will go back and watch it, and I'll let you, I'll let everyone know how it was. Um, and I will say, because you also recommended me to read Ready Player One, and I read it, and it was the, one of the best books I've ever read. So it was really good. And I don't usually finish books, so that's 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 saying something. I wish I could have been standing in the lobby to see you walk out of house of wax and just see what your mindset was and like what was going through your head i, I, I walked, never walked out of a movie theater ever uh but i did only one time i was watching a movie at home and i i just stopped it and i said i'm not watching this anymore i'm done and that was moulin rouge uh i just like life is too short this is giving me a headache uh everybody everybody's screaming up and right in the camera uh, I I can't. I'm sorry. I I couldn't, and I I stopped. No. Uh, you know. <laughs> again, I trust your opinion. That doesn't mean I think you're right. All. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you know what though? It also it also reminded me. Speaking of like walking out of movies, it's a technicality though. When I was young, I did walk out of a movie, but it's not my fault. 
I went to I went to uh, I went to a movie with my aunt because she was babysitting me, and she took me to see Rock of Doodle Doo. Okay, we all know that wonderful animated movie. It's so oh, much yeah, fun. Yeah. The rooster, rooster who's Elvis kind of thing. And we we were running. I remember we were running late. <laughs> my auntie, my auntie Debbie, she took me into the theater, and she she we were like we're just like booking it, and and <laughs> she doesn't handle being rushed very well. So we we she's like scrambling to figure out which movie it was. She just pulls me into this movie. Uh, <laughs> And it's, it's 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 Carrie. It's the first Carrie movie, <laughs> and like, and we sit down, and it starts off in like the streets when like she's just like walking down the street covered in blood, and <laughs> so I'm just sitting there, and like you just see this woman, and, and I just remember my aunt being like, my aunt being like, that this is not, this can't be it, and like, <laughs> and then he cuts to her face, and she's just like, <laughs> just like. And then my aunt's like, she shields my eyes and she's like, we are leaving! And just <laughs> escorted me out the door. I want to know exactly, uh, I want to know exactly what was happening on screen when the gears in your aunt's head turn and she's like, this isn't rock-a-doodle. <laughs> I just I don't remember her face, I, but I just remember her saying like I could feel I could feel it I could just feel her being like this is rock with the, like this is the movie and then just like ah! <laughs> oh my god uh, this is my favorite episode of Infinity Rewatch now this is it it's <laughs> my favorite one we've peaked oh, we've peaked <laughs> it's not getting any it's not getting any better than this. That's it. It's over. Oh, that's an incredible story. I love that a Thank lot. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was a lot of fun telling that story. Wait, because like, hold on, hold on. Do you do you uh, did you did you go to Aaron Mills area growing up at all? If I did, I wouldn't remember. I grew up really like almost right next door to Humber College North. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like the Rexdale area. Cause like, I was going to say there was a theater that used to be in a mall called South common mall. It's a very small mall, like it's very South small, common but they had a really kind of eighties feeling movie theater built into the mall. It was really interesting, but anyway, Oh my God. Maybe uh, at one point we were both in a movie theater together as like toddlers and we just didn't know it. I'm sure we were. Yeah. I, I'm our, sure. It, our I'm aunts sure took us was... to go see like Aladdin and instead we went to like basic instinct and <laughs> <laughs> and it's the scene with the legs. That doesn't look like a genie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I knew that laugh today. That was a good laugh. Oh. Woo. Yeah, I'm sure paths have crossed in that level before. <laughs> Probably. I'm I'm convinced we met at least once at Laser Quest before we actually met for real. <laughs> <laughs> But it wasn't Laser Quest, it was a rape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this isn't candy. <laughs> what did they strap to my chest? It's not doing what I thought it would. <laughs> uh, whew, wow. this, is, 
been infinity rewatch people it has ryan where can people find you when you're not walking out of movies willy-nilly all blustering and saying that was the worst thing i've ever seen <laughs> oh man uh you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash xbox canada uh doing my xbox canada thing uh we're gonna be probably revisiting teenage mutant ninja turtles because it's that amazing of a game it's so freaking good uh and then uh you can also actually i'm gonna drop a new link for you guys to check out um go to youtube.com forward slash expert zone one word uh and it that is where i make videos for my team uh it's i honestly if you're looking for interesting little timbits about microsoft i will say the level of fun that that fantasia and i put in this wonderful show is the same level of fun that is applied to uh microsoft content so please check it out um because yeah it's 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 a lot of fun it's it's i have never pushed the chat i've never pushed the bar higher in terms of the, the the line between <laughs> professional and just all out just all out personality there's there's such a fine line and i am constantly challenging that line if anybody can challenge that line sir i know it's you uh, and i've i've seen some of your um your videos that you've made for work and they are like they always make me jealous that i don't work with you cuz i'm like i wish mm -hmm. somebody could could make these videos for me at my work I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hire you to, to like make a video for my work and be like, here's how you operate a camera. And where can you find me? You can find me on the Twitter and on the Instagram, uh, probably still crying from the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and then uh, those are at Andrew Fantasia, both of them. And then you can find me on my YouTube channel, Andrew Fantasia, where I just uh, dropped a big old Jurassic Park video. And I'll be there quite a bit over the summer because uh, there's a certain HBO show that I like to cover that it has a new season coming out soon. So you'll find me there doing that. Otherwise, you'll find me here because there's Miss Marvel in their store and there's She-Hulk and there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. We right got here. Thor coming in a few weeks, baby. It's creepy. It's getting really soon. Thor's going to be upon us before you know it. And it's going to be over before you know it because it's a damn short movie. It's an hour 59 minutes. That is crazy. It is crazy that we're getting a Marvel movie that short anymore. But I'll take it. As long as it's good, I'll take it. It can be as long or as short as it needs to be. Uh, but that has been probably my favorite episode of Infinity Rewatch that we've ever done. Uh, we'll see you all here next time. Until then... Please, everybody, have a Miss Marvelous Day. <laughs>